Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you come from, we welcome you. Whomever you love, we welcome you. My name is Lori McGee, and it is my privilege to serve as worship associate for today's service. I am joined this morning by the Reverend Stephen Protzman, our music director, Hal Walker, and our acting director of religious education, Colleen Taylor. We are delighted to welcome you to this religious community. In addition to asking you to silence your cell phones, I would like to direct your attention to the thread from the web. That is the insert in your order of service. There you will find several important announcements as well as a calendar of events for the week ahead in the church. There are two events happening that this, this very soon that I would like to draw your attention to. The first is today, which is the Ministries Fair, which you will find happening in Fessenden Hall right after the service today. If you are interested in any of the things that we do around here in the committees and what, what they do and what their jobs are, you can find all of that information downstairs in Fessenden Hall right after the service. Tomorrow night, here in the sanctuary, the Reverend Stephen will be leading a vigil of lament, healing, and hope. It is a vigil designed to help us have an opportunity to express our feelings over the recent SCOTUS hearings and the trauma that may, that, that may have triggered in our lives. Everyone is welcome and childcare will be provided. Next week, you are again invited to join us for worship at 9.45 and 11.30. Worship will be led by Commission Lay Minister Melissa Jeter with worship associate Reverend Stephen. The title of that service is The Promise and the Practice. At the end of today's service, we would be glad to greet you at the rear of the sanctuary. And once again, I bid you welcome. As Unitarian Universalists, we light a flame within a chalice as a symbol of sanctuary and safety to unite us in our worship and to remind us of our ongoing search for the light of truth. Our chalice lighter this morning is Henry. As Henry lights the chalice, would you join me in the words that are in your order of service? O light of life. I got it, thank you. In our hearts. As we meet together this morning, to celebrate the joy of human community, seeking a wholeness that extends beyond ourselves. When we look and we see things are not what they should be, God's counting on me, God's counting on you. When we look and we see things are not what they should be, God's counting on me. God's counting on you Hoping we all pull through Hoping we all pull through Hoping we all pull through Me and you When there's big problems to be solved Let's get everyone involved God's counting on me God's counting on you When there's big problems to be solved Let's get everyone involved. God's counting on me. God's counting on you. 
Hoping we all pull through. Hoping we all pull through. Hoping we all pull through, me and you. When there's dishes to be done and choir to be sung, God's counting on me. God's counting on you. When there's dishes to be done and choir to be sung, God's counting on you. God's counting on me. Hoping we all pull through. Hoping we all pull through. Hoping we all pull through, me and you. What we do, what we do now, you and me, will affect eternity. God's counting on me. God's counting on you. What we do now, you and me, eternity God's counting on me God's counting on you everybody try it hoping we all pull through hoping we all pull through hoping we all pull through me and you don't give up and don't give in working together all can win God's counting on me God's counting on you Don't give up and don't give in Working together we all can win God's counting on you God's counting on me Hoping we all pull through Hoping we all pull through Hoping we all pull through Me and you Hoping we all pull through Hoping we all pull through Hoping we all When I first came to Unitarian Universalism 13 years ago, the idea of a shared ministry was a completely foreign concept to me. Having been raised Catholic, I knew very little about the inner workings of the church, but what I did know was that there was one central authority and there was very little room for any other opinions. When I came here, and learned about shared ministry, which was happening even then, I was amazed at the way the congregation ran the church. From membership, to social justice, to what was then the Sunday Program Committee, to the Board of Trustees. I had no idea that the members were the, were the people who moved the church forward. And under our then minister, the Reverend Melissa Carvold Zemer, I thought we were solid. I thought we knew exactly what to do. We had ex- everything all figured out and that we would just keep doing that no matter what. And then she left. And I learned we had a lot to learn. But we learned how to have a shared ministry together without a minister for quite a while. And we worked out new ways. We learned new things. We faced new challenges. And yet we all together worked to make the church a wonderful place. And now we have our fantastic 
new settled minister, and we're learning even more new ways about shared ministry and how we function together as a community. What I love about shared ministry is that each voice matters. Everyone has the opportunity to express their ideas and their thoughts and to work out ways in which we can learn and grow and thrive as a community, as a whole. And I am looking forward to the ways that our shared ministry will grow and change as we move into our future together. Come, let us worship together. As we do the work of shared ministry, we come together and work together through covenant, which is our promise to love and respect one another, to walk together toward the lives we seek to lead. So in that spirit, we read words every week that remind us of these promises we make to one another. So would you join me once again in the words of James Avila Blake, which are in your order of service? Love is the spirit of this church and service its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. (laughs) Join me now in the spirit of reflection, of prayer. Spirit of life and of love, God of our understanding, you in which we share and find strength and common purpose, We turn our minds and hearts toward one another as we hold in this circle of care and concern all who need our love and support. Those we've named in this time of remembrance, those who are in our hearts and thoughts, all who are ill, who are in pain, either in body or in spirit, those who struggle with addiction, those who are lonely, those who grieve, the victims of any kind of abuse, we pray for them. We pray for ourselves too, that we would be grateful for the many blessings we receive each and every day, that we would use them with joy, generosity, and kindness. Help us to live fully this life we have been given, to treat each and every moment as a rare and precious treasure, to worship what is of true worth, to practice radical hospitality, welcoming the stranger, to speak the truth as we know it, and to join in the struggle for justice and peace in the world. Today, as we reflect on shared ministry and how we are each called to serve, help us to be open to life's call to use the gifts we've each been given and to offer our hearts and hands in joyful service to this community and to a world that so desperately needs the love and hope we can provide through serving others. Help us to feel the heartbeat of life itself and to find wonder and awe in both the struggle and the beauty of life. To remember we are connected in mystery and miracle to one another and all of creation. To care for this fragile planet and work for the well-being of every creature. To affirm life and to walk upon this earth in gentleness and reverence. May it be so. And amen.
first reading is entitled Ministry by Robert Carnan. What makes my experience in the ministry so hopeful for me is that I am not alone in this careful hearing of both pain and excitement. This is not something reserved for only one ordained and robed. It is something we all do for and with one another. Ours is a shared ministry, a giving and receiving. We tell one another our stories, our myths, our innermost thoughts, and we seek to listen, if we can, with sensitivity and purpose and love. We live lives. We do not live creeds or theologies or even values. We are engaged with real events and people, and we are related, torn, and isolated together. We are at odds, and we are sometimes very close. The spiritual center of our lives is not to be found in a faith, no matter how cherished or revered. It comes rather out of the openness and honest engagement, the courage and the pain, and the love we experience with one another. Sometimes that openness is searching and doubting, confused or serene, ambivalent or empowered. But it is an openness nonetheless. And out of it comes a vision of a world made new by the reality of our lives, lived in the service of love and justice, of gentle goodness and forgiveness. A minister seeks to live in the struggle of each and every one of us as we seek to come to an understanding of who we are, where we are, how we are. A minister seeks to help raise up the vision of where we must go as a people and invites us, if we need the invitation, to join hands and hearts with one another to get there. Our second reading is The Church is People by Janet Bowering. A church is people. It is not a body of belief, a set of principles, or an impressive structure of stone, wood, and glass. A church has roots in the past, no matter how recently the congregation was organized. A church represents a long procession of people willing to work with others toward shared goals, worship with others of similar belief, and hold in honor the wise and courageous people who have gone before them. In a church, there are those who are practical about institutional needs as well as the needs of the human family. There are people who understand our interdependent web of existence, those who can share the poetry they find in the stars, and those who can circulate a petition to save the wetlands. There are those who can speak out against nuclear madness and those who can remember that the roof needs mending. Churches need people who can help feed the hungry of the world and people who can help feed the hunger deep within the souls of those gathered. A church is composed of people who will continue in the long procession knowing that others will follow, others for whom they must make a better world, to whom they owe a heritage of carefully examined discoveries and challenging possibilities. A church is a granite base and a silken web, 
and a crystal ball and a cup of fire. I got here a few minutes before nine o'clock this morning and there was no one here. And I freaked out. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what if no one comes? Imagine coming here to church on a Sunday morning and there's no one at the front door to greet you and no one to hand you an order of service. During the service, we don't sing the children to their classes because there are no teachers and no religious education committee to help plan our programs. There's no choir, and there's no choir, but today's a Sunday off. There's no tone chimers or orchestra, so there's less music to add beauty and to stir our souls in ways that the spoken word doesn't. How would you feel if after the service there's no coffee and no snacks because there are no hospitality teams? I'd feel cranky without my post-service cup of tea. It's hard to think about all the needs that would go unmet in Kent because we don't have a social justice coordinating committee. Or imagine how fuller the landfill would be if there were no green sanctuary committee. And I wonder how many of you might feel more alone or lost or unable to cope with one of life's losses or struggles if others hadn't reached out to hold you or listen as you tried to make sense of what was happening. All of these things and so much more we do here in this place is ministry. That means we're all ministers. I've thought a lot about what it means to be a minister. When my call to the UU ministry came 17 years ago, I had some interesting ideas about the ministry. I thought a minister was someone who had all the answers to life's most important questions, who always knew what to do and say in any situation, a person who had it all together. I wish. But the problem with these ideas is that I understood minister as a noun, as a mask rather than a mantle. It took me a long time to learn that minister is a verb. It's a way of living your life. Something as Robert Carnan said in the first reading, we all do for and with each other. And it's centered in relationship. My late colleague Gordon McKeeman described ministry this way a quality of relationship between and among human beings that beckons forth hidden possibilities, inviting people into deeper, more constant, more reverent relationship with the world and with one another. I take that a step deeper with an understanding that ministry is the response not only to our relationships with one another, but also with the heart of life itself, the God of our understanding, the sacred mystery beyond ourselves which is worthy of our reverence and wonder. Out of that relationship, we respond by bringing and offering our unique gifts in ourselves, giving generously of our time, skills and gifts, money, present and compassionate, caring hearts and service to one another and to the world. This is our deepest and truest calling as human beings, and it's something every single one of us can do. As a part of this congregation, whether friend or member. We are all asked to participate by sharing in ministry, by joining in to help do the many things our mission and vision call us to do. In the second reading, Janet Bowering said, in a church there are those who are practical about institutional needs as well as the needs of the human family. There are people who understand our interdependent web of existence, those who can share the poetry they find in the stars, and those who circulate a petition to save the wetlands. 
There are those who speak out against nuclear madness and those who remember the roof needs fixing. Congregations need people who can help feed the hungry of the world, but also people who can help feed the hunger deep within the souls of those gathered. There are people right here in this room who do all of these things and so much more. During the reading, perhaps as you heard these things, maybe at least once you thought, hey, that's me, or I could do that. The reality of ministry is that no matter how hard I work, I can't do everything that needs to be done in order for this community to be vibrant and relevant to the world. A few years ago, after talking about shared ministry, a person came up to me and said, Stephen, ministry is your job. That's why we pay you the big bucks. <laughs> they were being playful, I think. But behind that remark is the truth. There are strong and not always realistic expectations about the professional ministry, and I'll share a few of them with you. There's a humorous, humorous chain letter that's gone around about the perfect minister. He spends all his time at evangelizing and is always in the office when needed. She is 28 but has been preaching for 30 years and has a burning desire to work with youth and spends all of their time with elders. She works from 8 a.m. to midnight and is also the janitor. He makes $5,000 a month, drives a nice car, dresses stylishly, has lots of expensive books, and gives $5,000 every month to charity. Oh, and looks stunning in black. Shared ministry is not just something that we're all supposed to do or asked to do. It's part of our liberal religious tradition. There's a book titled Interdependence, Renewing Congregational Polity, which was written by the UUA's Commission on Appraisal in 1997. The section on shared ministry says, one key aspect of Unitarian Universalism is our belief that the ministry of the congregation does not belong exclusively to ordained clergy, but to everyone. As a democratic faith, it affirms the priesthood of all believers. We are all lay ministers, whether or not we choose to be professional religious leaders. And one UU wisely observed, ministry is too important to be left to the paid religious professionals. Professional religious leaders like me have a special role. We are here to empower you and encourage you to discover your gifts, to help you find and name the passions and the hope that are hidden in your heart, to challenge you to witness to the truth of life as it is and the truth of life as it could be, to invite you to live up to your covenantal promise to make this community a safe place in which we all can be vulnerable and honest, to help you grow spiritually as you discover that life is about service, and in that service, as the poet Rabindranath Tagore once said, there is joy. There is great need in the world for the gifts and the love every single one of us has to offer. We live in times of such uncertainty. Our country is highly anxious as institutions are falling apart or being intentionally dismantled, and leadership is erratic and undisciplined. Many, many lives are being discounted or destroyed, and the conservative religious climate is increasingly oppressive and rigid. People in this room and right outside our doors are struggling with loss and grief, addiction, loneliness, with the trauma of sexual, physical, or emotional abuse, worry, and feelings of hopelessness. But I offer words of hope and an invitation to you today. Unitarian Universalism has lots to offer in response to the anxiety, fear, and injustice around us. 
Where many religions offer the promise of eternal happiness after death, we believe in creating heaven here, now, in this life. In response to the loss of civil liberties, we use a democratic process that values the voice of every person, and we witness to the power of freedom, trust, and responsibility. In a time where the gap between those who have and those who don't is growing at a frightening pace, we are committed to practicing our second principle, justice, equity, and compassion in our relationships. In this society where difference creates fear, we celebrate diversity and welcome those who are different than we are. In a culture where people are objectified, we work to uphold the inherent worth and dignity of every person and to provide a safe place where abuse of any kind, bullying, or any other appropriate behavior is not tolerated. This is the church in all its promise and potential, its struggle and its achievements, a granite base and a silken web, a crystal ball and a cup of fire. The church is both tangible and ethereal, grounded in the granite reality of life, yet dwelling in the silken web of mystery. It is the fire of commitment held in the cup of our shared faith and a vision of the world seen through the crystal ball of the love and hope that sustain us. This is not to say that Unitarian Universalism is perfect. Our congregations and our association fall short of these ideals. But we continue to work toward this vision through shared ministry, where each of us bear witness to love's power through our service to others, and together we struggle for a world where peace and love will dwell side by side with justice. None of this is possible without every single one of us saying yes to the Spirit's invitation to do, to do ministry. My colleague Victoria Safford writes, from time to time, someone around here will casually admit that what they really like about this congregation, about Unitarian Universalism, is that it asks so little of him. And I respond, but friend, we ask you to be each other's shelter. We ask you to care for each other, to notice when illness strikes or death or sorrows invisible. We ask you to be a community. We ask you to help one another teach each other's children and to teach each other to be wise parents. We ask you to look out for each other. We ask you to run this place. We ask that you usher once in a while. Someone has to do it. <laughs> that you look at your life in this community as exactly that, life within a community. And because we are you, Victoria says, we can be neither apologetic nor coy nor subtle about this. We ask that you weave here together some kind of sturdy, gorgeous web, because without that among you, this thing won't work. Without you, this web we are weaving together, the UU Church of Kent and Unitarian Universalism, won't work. So here's my invitation. Please go downstairs to Fessenden Hall after the service and be part of the shared ministries fair. Take time to look around and see the many ways available to participate in the life and work of this congregation and its ministries, both within these walls and out in the greater community. You may be already doing some of these things. Thank you. If not, I challenge you to discover how you may be called to participate more fully in the life and work of this congregation. As you look around, and in the days to come, I also invite you to reflect on these two questions. What is your ministry? 
How are you sharing your gifts, your skills and talents, your passion in ways that transform our world and bear witness to the power and possibilities of love? As we continue our journey together to become the church, a granite base and a silken web, a crystal ball and a cup of fire, may we offer our hearts and hands, our energy and our gifts, our hopes and our dreams, our very lives in service to one another and the world. May it be so. The Reverend Brandock, a lovely one, said, let there be an offering to sustain and strengthen this place, which is sacred to so many of us, a community of memory and hope, for we are now the keepers of the dream. This congregation, the UU Church of Kent, thrives because each of you so generously give of your time, your talents and gifts, and your financial resources. Thank you. We will march as one, we will stand as one, we will rise as one. We will march as one, we will stand as one, we will rise as one. We will rise as one, we will rise as one, working hand in hand, we will rise as one, we will dance as one, we will sing as one. We will rise as one We will dance as one We will sing as one We will rise as one We will rise as one We will rise as one Working These are the words of Rabindranath Tagore. I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw that life was service. I acted and behold, service was joy. And now renewed in our commitment to weave together a gorgeous web of community by offering our gifts to one another in the world in the spirit of shared ministry, let us go forth in peace and joy to inspire love, seek justice, and grow in community. May it be so. Blessed be and amen.